right where you are, begin to give him praise, honor, and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, even now as we stand, we honor you for your presence here. We acknowledge that you're here now. But you are the blesser of our souls and the giver of every good gift. We are blessed because you are our everything. And now, Lord God, we would hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say to the church. For we are the church, the body of Christ. I pray now, Lord God, that you would cause your word to be incredibly significant to each and every hearer. Regardless of if they're hearing today, this date, or if a day in the future. Let that word, Lord God, be relevant to their circumstances. Let it be the solution, the answer to every problem. Cause this word, Lord, to be forever cemented into the fabric of our beings. Now, Lord, I pray that you would not only give me what to say, but how to say it. Yes, Lord. Help me to be efficient and effective in delivering this, your word. And I honor you for every ear that shall hear and for every foot, hand that shall be quick to do your work and will. In Christ's name I pray. Let the church say amen. On this morning, I would that you would turn to the book as we did on last Sunday, the book of Genesis, chapter 22, where we will be reading in your hearing verses 1 through 14, a powerful story that has much meat that we can consume and have life fullness of joy and success in all that we do. God bless all of you that are in our earshot today. I praise God for you and can you give God a praise offering for you right now? Come on and bless them. Amen. He enabled you to hear, to see, to be a part of this service. Beginning at verse 1, let us be patient and hear the story. Don't miss one morsel of God's word. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, Get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him 
and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, come on and say on the third day. You know something is about to happen on the third day. Then on the third day, Abraham lift up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass. And I said, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Who? A lobo shot. So they went, both of them, ha, together. And they came to the place, come on and say the place, which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Verse 10. Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou feareth God seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Finally, verse 14. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. Come on, shout it out. Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. You may have your seats. For the word of the Lord is forever and ever blessed. Praise. Abraham is lovingly and respectfully referred to as Father Abraham. Throughout history since that time, Abraham has been honored, appreciated, and certainly reverenced. And they call him Father Abraham. And 
this is significant because the job of a father is to show you the way. I want y'all to work with me here. I know things have become a bit contorted and strained and stressed and things are not always as they ought to be. But if you know how things ought to be, if you know how they're supposed to be, then you have an opportunity to transform into truth. Are you still with me? So the purpose of a father is to show you the way. Father God, show me the way. How should I live? What should I do? A good father will not only show his son, but his daughter the way and help his wife as they help one another. Oh, I'm still in the book. The way. By doing this the way that the father, Abraham, the father is to do it is by example. Come on and say example. Work with me, people. By example. By example, by instruction. The purpose of a father is to prepare you for what is to come. I have fond memories, fond stories of how my father would be working on the car under the hood. And I would be there watching and looking, learning how that when my car has a problem, how to fix it. How's your car doing? Mm -hmm. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, he says this. For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. We're looking for fathers and not just instructors. Then he goes on to say, for in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. In other words, Paul is saying to the people, as I pray, you would say, after I'm gone, I'm not just instructing you, but I'm showing you by example. Through Christ Jesus. In other words, instructors. You have many people that can tell you what to do, but they don't do it themselves. Maybe I'll get a bigger amen on this. You have many people that will tell you how and what you ought to do. But when you look at them, <laughs> you don't see them doing it. It's because they are an instructor rather than a father. Come here today to tell somebody we need you to be a father rather than simply an instructor. Instructions is good, and an instructor is good, but show me how to do it so that I can constantly look at you and see that you are doing what you're telling me to do. And this really was the point of Jesus coming. Jesus didn't just tell us what to do, but he showed us by example. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. He proved that thing. 
Because when people would hate on him and scourge him and talk about it, he still would love them. Ah. Let me deal with the story here. It's all relevant because we see here that Abraham, like you, put your name there. You are being taught, showed through circumstances and situations. There's a point why God allows certain things to happen to you. When they come, we don't know what in the world is going on. Why am I feeling, why am I thinking, why are they treating me? I did nothing to deserve this. What is going on? Look at somebody and tell them, it's just a test. It's just a test. Ah. At the beginning of the text, the Bible says in verse 1, and it came to pass, and it came to pass after these things. <clears throat> Y'all still with me? That God did tempt Abraham. After these things that God did tempt Abraham. Now, I want y'all to know that that's how things go. Certain things will take place. You're happy. God blesses you. You go through some things and so forth. And then comes the test. Why? To prove that you got it. Not just in your mind, but in your heart. To prove that truth, that what you learn takes hold inside of your heart so that it affects your character. We must become the truth that we learn, that we see, that we understand. We must become, not just acknowledge it, although we must acknowledge it or else we'll never receive it, but that's just a step in the process of becoming who and what God wants you to do. When you see truth, when you see the reality that it was God that delivered you, that it was God that had mercy on you, and you, you acknowledge it, but then you take it in, it will affect the way you act the next time another situation like that comes up. I know I'm preaching right now. Mm. Tempt. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Huh. The word tempt really in the context of the story here is really the word in the English, test. In other words, after God proved himself to Abraham, after God experienced some Abraham, then came the test. It's going to make sense after a while. So the word tempt in this context means test. Do you have that? God gave you, God gave Abraham a test not to trip him up and watch him fall, but he gave him a test to strengthen his character in order that he would be instant to obey God and also to cultivate his character of faith and trust. The things that happened prior to this was a setup to a greater blessing but he first had to pass the test. You see, the strength uh, of your spiritual character dictates your faithfulness 
and obedience to God, especially when under pressure or threat to do contrary to the will of God. You still with me? So, excuse him why, but you are going to go through some stuff. You are going to be tested, but God is going to be right smack dab in the middle all the time. And until you learn that regardless of what happens around you, what happens above or under you, God is still in control. Until you learn that, your spiritual character would not develop in the way that God would bless you to a greater level. You've got to pass some tests. I want to make sure y'all hearing me and understanding. Talk to yourself and say, I must learn from my experiences. You see, God had Abraham enrolled in a process of refinement. What kind of mess is this to tell somebody? First of all, you know that this is the son of promise. I know that he, he reminds him that through this son, he's going to bless him. But he told him that before. And see, you've got to learn to keep the word of God in your heart no matter what you're going through. Here, when he passed this test, God reminds him that I'm going to bless you and everyone that received you. I'm going to bless through your lineage, through, through you, I'm going to bless you. But this wasn't the first time. Because right now, it looks like what God promised him before these scriptures, it looks like it is in peril and will not come to pass. But will you stand and believe God when it doesn't look like God knew what he was talking about? God had Abraham enrolled in a process of refinement to get all the craziness out, to get all the doubt out, to get all the weakness out. So that all would be left is pure trust and faith in God. We see this in the first verse. And it came to pass after these things. What things? <laughs> you see, Abraham had some issues in his life that had to be worked or excavated. I'll use that word. Excavated out of him. In fact, in the previous chapters, Abraham the man that God used, Abraham was a liar. He was a deceiver. He did some wrong stuff. Wait a minute. The father of our faith, faithful Abraham, what you talking? He was a liar. He did some things that were not pleasing to God. Yet the interesting thing is God still uses him to do great things. What kind of mess? But all you have to really do is look at yourself. You're not, you haven't always been, I, I dare not say perfect. <laughs> you haven't always been in God where you are now. But yet, here you are. Because of the mercy of God. I'm still in line to the subject which is courageous faith. Come on and say courageous faith. We're talking about courageous faith. I want you to understand this truth here. Abraham was not perfect, but he loved God and wanted to please God. See, really all it takes is a willing heart, a willing spirit. I'm going to say that one more time because, see, Abraham gets a lot of accolades. The man of faith, father Abraham, highly regarded. 
righteous Abraham. But Abraham was not perfect. But he loved God and he wanted to please God. You see, this will help you put things in perspective. Many of you, many of us, think that God only uses perfect people. Show me one, one perfect person. I, I don't know of any, including myself. And if you don't believe me, ask my wife. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is, you are not all bad. They are not all bad. If you have a willing heart, you desire to love God, we can work with that. How many know that God has been patient? In fact, the word of God says that he is long-suffering toward us. You see, everyone has some good traits. That's what we need to accent. I want you to begin to work harder with the good traits until they overshadow the bad traits. Even that booger you with now. He or she ain't all bad. They may tee you off on a frequent per on a frequent, uh, you know, frequently. They may tee you off, upset you. I'm going to use a phrase that may be familiar with some of you. He gets on my last nerve. I didn't say he gets on your nerves. I said your last nerves. You better hold those nerves together. You don't have too much of them, but the, your last nerves. But there's something good about even that one. Well, let me deal with this a little bit. He may upset you. He may on occasion, or she may on occasion, talk nasty to you. But he still brings the money in every two weeks. Oh, oh we need a Selah moment right there. Let me deal with the men or towards the women. He may not take the trash out when he's supposed to. But every now and then he bring in some candy or cookies. Every now and then in the evening time, he walk in with a smile and a big hug and a big kiss. He ain't all bad. And don't just look at the men, folks. You got your issues too. You are not perfect. All right, I better stay away from that subject for a while. I'm doing the best I can. And so, like many of us, Abraham did not always follow God's commandments to the letter. You know you put something extra on that. Oh, it just came to me. I got The Lord spoke to you and told you to bless sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so with uh, $100 or whatever gift it was. And you bring it. The Lord told you, go and bring it. That's all he said. He didn't tell you, that's all he said. That's all he said. You don't have to ask no question. What do you need this for? I don't know, but God spoke. God ain't told you, just do what he said and let it alone. I'm trying to teach you how to be blessed. God told you to bless someone with something, call them up and bring over a piece of meat or whatever, give them a few bucks. 
because God led you to, and told you they need some gas money. And you go ahead and do it. And now you got to, you put it in the hands, you got to smile, and then you got to say, you better be glad I'm saved and I hear the Lord. <laughs> you don't need all that. Just obey God. <sighs> and so Abraham, I'm talking about the man of God. There's a point and a reason why I want to bring you here. Abraham was a man of faith. He, he had courageous faith. He obeyed God eventually, and he was blessed tremendously. But he didn't always have it together like some of us. But God still wants to work with you. It's not too late. If you're under the sound of my voice right now, it's not too late. Look at your neighbor and tell them, it's not too late. Brother Teddy, when I look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, God gave Abraham, this great man of faith, who operated in courageous faith, he gave him a command. Listen to this. He says, now the Lord had said unto Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. Get away from your kinfolk. Get away from your relatives. Isn't that what he said? And from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And then in Genesis 12, and when we move on to verse 5 of 12, it says, and Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, which is where the place that God was going to show them. He didn't know that where he was going when he told them. He just said, go for a walk, and I'll tell you when you get to the place called there. That's why you got to be careful who you bring with you. And into the land of Canaan they came. Hear me, people of God. Abraham was not supposed to bring Lot, his nephew, with him. Ain't nobody told him to bring him. But he wanted to add to God's word. He figured it was all right. When God speaks, you don't have to figure. Look at somebody and say, stop figuring. Just do God's will, God's word, what he said. Follow his instructions. So he was not supposed to bring Lot, his wife. And here's the thing. If you know the story, all of the Sunday school goers, Lot became a burden and caused him to have to fight an unnecessary war. When you bring folk on the journey that God set you on and God didn't tell you to bring them, it will cause you to fight unnecessary fights, unnecessary wars. It will cause you to lose not just your hair, but it can cause you even to lose your head and you end up aborting the mission. Not only was there fighting, did he have to fight an unnecessary war, but from the time they left, there was trouble. All because he had a weight, he had a burden that he wasn't even, it wasn't even assigned to him. The Bible says, you know, they had a lot of possessions. And so Abraham's herdsmen or cattlemen began to fight or argue with Lot's herdsmen or cattlemen. There was mess from the jump. 
When God tells you to do something and you go forward and then all kinds of chaos broke, break out, you need to look at did you really follow God's instructions or did you try and add to it? This is going to bless somebody. You're wondering why things are messed up because after all, you think you did exactly what God said. But examine yourself, examine the situation to see what, has you, what have you put into it that God didn't tell you to add to it. It equals trouble. Mm. Isn't it amazing, though, how God is still able to fulfill his will, even though we get a bit crazy and messed up, even when we don't follow the instructions completely. Because, see, the, you've got to understand that God already knew what you was going to do before he even called you. God knows and he chose you because he knows what the end is going to be before you even start. And so God doesn't become erratic in his behavior. He doesn't lose his cool. He knew you were going to do what you do. And he already put in the formula. <laughs> he put, he made that thing so it'll still come out the way he wanted it to. God is God. Nobody can beat God being God. Isn't it amazing who God will use to fulfill his will? Why am I talking about this? Because as I'm looking at you, as I'm seeing even in the spirit, I know that God has placed in you a faith, a greater faith than you know you have. There have been times in my life that certain things have happened, and I thought I would do just such and such, just so much, but to my amazement, I went further and did more than I thought I would ever do. Why? Because of courageous faith, because of that, 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 that strong and sturdy faith that I didn't even know. For, I don't, I don't want to get into all of that. But God knows what's in you, and he knows what to pull on, and he knows what, what test to allow to come in your life to first stretch that thing so that when the time comes in the real situation that you respond accordingly. But you've got to just simply trust God. Stop telling God what you're not able to do. If God called you, he knows all of your idiotic secrecies. Yes, I changed the word. He knows all of that. So stop complaining. God know that on occasion you have an estranged relationship with the truth. Somebody got that. He said, oh, oh, Bishop, you mean, you mean they'll lie? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They'll lie. They'll, they'll lie. They'll lie. They'll lie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He knows that already. God can still work with you if your heart is to please God, if your heart. But that seems like an oxymoron. Why would someone do strange and contrary to God's word when, after all, their heart wants to please God? Because sometimes, like Peter, we take our focus off of what God is calling us to do. We take our focus, our aim, off of where we're supposed to. In life, sometimes, sometimes we don't do all that we should because something else seems better at the moment. And we feel like we can beat God. I can step over here real quick and be back before God knows it. Saints, where can you run that God can't find you? Where are you going? In fact, you can't even run from God because before you get there, he's already there. 
and why are you trying to get to the place that he is and why are you trying to get to a place he's already with you where you are in your presence. He never leaves you. He sees all. He knows all. And he's able to work it out for his good, for his purposes. It's amazing. Why am I telling you this? Because I want you to understand that God still loves you and he wants to use you. If you're under the sound of my voice, it means God still wants to use you. But in order to be used, you've got to pull on your courageous faith. Your faith brought you to where you are. But where God is sending you, it takes a greater level of faith. I want you to know that God is pulling on you. That God, hallelujah, is in your corner giving you applause, pushing you on because God put in you what you need to get. What God says is yours. God wants to use you. Why am I staying here so long? Because someone feels like you're not worthy. Can I tell you something? You will never be worthy of nothing. The Bible says that your righteousness is as filthy rags. So all you have to do is accept that God is calling you and walk by faith and not by sight to accomplish. All of y'all messed up. Excuse me. All of us are messed up. But God in his infinite mercy, God with his endless love. Hallelujah. I hear that phrase, endless love. I don't know if anybody has ever made a song called endless love. But Brother Teddy, if it doesn't exist, seem like you should write a song called endless love. Hallelujah. In fact, all of us could write a song called endless love. Because when you were down and didn't deserve a hand up, or a hand out because God loved us so much he stretched out his son wide on the cross in your place he extended his grace he extended his love for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son my God you gotta understand this thing it took courageous faith for Abraham to do this thing but it was just a showing of what was to come because the truth of it all this was just a test for Abraham like it's a test for you because the real sacrifice was not Abraham's son the real sacrifice was not even the ram that was caught in the thicket but the real sacrifice was the son of God Jesus Christ himself the king of kings and the lord of lords I'm trying to tell you that God was giving us an example of how it should be, what was to happen. But all you got to do in order to realize your dreams and fulfill the will of God is to walk in courageous faith. My God, my God, somebody give God a praise right now. You messed up. David messed up. 
Abraham messed up. But I came to declare some good news to somebody today. And that is this, that God is a God of a second chance. God is a God of a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh chance. Hallelujah. If you're under the sound of my voice today, God has given you another opportunity. Come on and say another opportunity to get it right and to walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. This is why, like Abraham, this is why we must act, live, and move in courageous faith. I've learned that you can do the right thing even when you're scared too. If you have to do it scared, do it knowing that you're not alone and help is not far away. This is going to bless someone. Somebody here, I don't know what your next venture is. I don't know what you're striving to do. I don't know what you're tempted to do. I don't know what it is. But you've got to have courageous faith. Lord, am I in your will? Lord, I trust you. When you do it with the right spirit, with the right heart, if you fall, God will be there to pick you up. In fact, I can see it this way. It's not that he's going to come to your rescue. He's already in the bottom of the pit when you fall into the pit. Come on, Joseph. Before you fall and hit the bottom, there he is to lift you up, to push you up. But you've got to have this type of faith, courageous faith. I didn't say crazy faith. I said courageous faith. Are you with me, people? See, here's the thing. Abraham, sit down if you can. Abraham was willing and he was obedient. He couldn't help but to be blessed. I want to share with someone. This is so key. This is so key. It's okay if you're afraid as long as you keep walking by faith. Because when you desire, which is the desire to please God and to do his will, when your desire... It, when your, when your desire to accomplish God's will is greater than your fear of failure, than your fear of pain, then you will always have success. There comes a time when you've got to say to yourself and to those around you, if I perish, let me perish. But I'm going to see the king. That's courageous faith. There comes a time that you got to step out in faith, even though you know what the possible consequences are. You understand that your desire to please God is greater. And you can say like the three Hebrew boys, my God, my God, if we burn, so we'll burn. But God is not going to let us burn. But by chance, if he does, we're just going to burn because we're going to do the work and will of God. Let me say it this way. I want to say it. I only have a few more. And it's, I want to say it this way, that every woman can understand. Watch this. How many women ha in the room have more than one child? Raise your hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can I ask y'all something? Was it painful? <laughs> y'all hear how fast she said, yeah! <laughs> if it was so painful the first time, why is it that you wanted to, that you desired to have another? Because your desire 
to receive and to have was greater than your fear of the pain. I don't know about you, but David said, one thing have I desired. <laughs> that I might be in the presence of the Lord. That I might please God. I don't know about you, but whatever it takes, whatever I have to go through, pain, tears, or whatever, I'm going to see the king. I'm going to please the God of my salvation because when I please God, it's not the benefits are not just for a moment, but for eternity. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. In the morning, I'm able to hold my prize. In the morning, I'm able to hold my promise. If I have to go through pain, if I have to go through shame, my God, the Bible says Jesus endured the cross, endured the shame. My God, that we might be saved, but it takes courageous faith. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how long they're going to do it. But all I know is my desire is to live holy. My desire is to please God. It doesn't matter what they do to me, but it matters what I do to them, how I treat them. I don't know about you, but if I perish, I perish. But I'm going to have eternal life. I'm going to do the work and the will of God. I don't know how God is going to do it. God told him to sacrifice your son. But I already heard Abraham said that this is going to be the son that I'm going to bless everybody through. I don't know how it's going to happen. It doesn't even make sense in my natural mind. But God said it. I believe it. So I'm doing it. <laughs> Saints of God. It's all about getting to the place. God spoke to Abraham and said, I'm going to send you to a place. Where is the Lord? I'm not going to tell you right now. Why? Because God knew that it was a treacherous journey, a tempestuous journey to get there. And as you go, I'm going to be with you. That's all you need to know. All you need to know is God is with you in this craziness. God is with you in this disparity. God is with you through the process. My God, my God, my God. He was there all the time. Hallelujah. Never left my side. Ah. And I'll show you the place when you get there. Abraham, he says, go to a place. He had to trust him. The donkey, the two servant young men, his son, going to a place. Where are you going? To the place, you've got to be willing to go to the place. The place is not trouble, but the place is beyond the trouble. And the only way you can get to the place is go through the trouble. But God is a very present help in a time of trouble. I come to let somebody know right now, God is with you. What you're going through, I'm, I'm trying to close. What you're going through, it seems like utter chaos and craziness. You thought the ride was going to be smoother. But all you have to do is just keep trusting God. Knowing that he's not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he would change his mind or repent. God is with you in trouble. 
but he's calling the people of God today to walk in, to live in, to exhibit courageous faith. Hold your head up when you feel tired. Hold your head up when they tell you that you're crazy. You've got to know that God sent you on this journey. Abraham was on a journey. But one day he looked up after going through all that he did. Abraham, there's the place over yonder. Bible says that he looked up and he saw the place. But when he saw the place, he still was not there. He still had to climb a little more. The journey's not over, but you're almost there. Saints of God, the journey's not over. You're still in the climb. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Shout now. Come on and give God a praise. And in the process, God is going to do something very powerful for you. I'm prophesying to you. God is going to show you. He's going to not just instruct you, but he's going to show you by example that he will provide for you everything that you need. One of the most powerful lessons that Abraham learned is that God is Jehovah Jireh. I just want you to see my glory. Don't try and steal my glory or take my glory, but watch my glory. God provided a ram in the bush for himself. Now you're in a place that God wants to show you that he has a ram in the bush for you. You've been struggling, you've been pushing, you've been going through, trying to figure it out. But God says, rest yourself. Let it be easy for you. I got this. I've got the answer. See, the ram in the bush is the answer. I've got the solution. See, the ram in the bush is the solution. And it will come from a place that you never thought it would. Bible says, and he looked back. <laughs> and there it was, what he needed. God is going to give answer to you. He's going to give solution to you. And it's going to come from an unexpected place. It's all about the place. When you get to the place, the right place, meaning you followed the instructions of God, did everything he said, and you come to the place, God is going to show you another place that is going to have everything that you need. Mm. Can I tell you something? I've got to put myself in this. My wife and I, we truly have a wonderful marriage, always have. But there are some times that she wanted to kick me down the stairs and tell God that I tripped and fell. I'm just being real. You ask me how I know? Because she told me. But it hasn't been all bad. But we endured the test of time. Why? Because we knew that God, from a very early age, he put us together to work his will, to do his will. And my goodness, now we're living in happy days. Because we endured the test. See, the victory is not to the one that can run the fastest, but the one that endures until the end. <sighs> Sister B, it takes courageous faith to endure to the end. 
Sister Roundtree, it takes courageous faith to endure to the end. Hold on. Don't let go. Don't give up. Don't quit. But exhibit that courageous faith that it does take for you to reach the prize, for you to get to the place of promise. My God, my God, my God. So much I want to say, but I'm careful. God is good to me, saints. You know I didn't have to be here today. On Friday, I went to the emergency room. My heart was literally racing. All the nurses will appreciate this, or you won't. My heart was racing 127 beats per whatever it is. Is it per minute? Couldn't be second. Chest was feeling such pressure, was feeling faint. But God. But God. And can I tell you something that helped me to hold on? And when you reflect on the goodness of God, the goodness of God, and when you reflect on the promises of God, you can make it. You can make it. <laughs> Watch this. Reflecting on the goodness of God will compel you to praise him. And reflecting, Brother Teddy, on the goodness of God will compel you to repent. See, there were many tests that Abraham didn't pass. He messed up. He was a liar. He was a deceiver. But guess what? He repented because he re was able to reflect on how merciful and how good God was to him. And when you repent, it places you in another position with God. Because all those things that you did no longer exist because he forgives you. And when you reflect on the goodness of God, it reminds you of where you are in the process of time in terms of what God has for you to do. And I realized that God wasn't finished with me yet. And so it's like, heart, you better get right. You better start acting right because God has not finished with me and there's something greater. And so I begin to exhibit that courageous faith. I'm not going to die because for a moment, I started thinking about how it's going to be at my, my funeral. My brother Teddy, at my funeral, how they say, at my funeral, funeral, had it all figured out, saints. Y'all was going to be crying and saying real nice things about me, most of you. But then I got a, I, I got a revelation, wait, God is not through, I'm, I'm not finished there's more for me to do. And so, Brother Howard, you know what I did? I stopped dying. That's a word for somebody. Sincerely, I don't know if we're still on air or not, but I, I, I need to talk to somebody. Have you ever been in a place you said, this is it, I'm just going to die, this, this is it. This is it. But then if you reflect on the goodness of God and you recognize that, wait a minute, I still got some promises. <laughs> the 
word of the Lord came, and God said that my wife and I are going to be millionaires. Praise God. Oh, tell the Lord thank you. And so if you're not a millionaire yet, stop your dying. If you don't have what God said is yours and you're still living for him, you're still loving on him, stop, you're dying. And walk in that courageous faith and hear the Lord say, you're going to live and not die, saith the Lord. I come to tell somebody today, you're not going to die. You're going to live and not die. And when I say live, I don't mean that your heart is going to continue to beat because there are people in the hospital now that don't even know that they exist. Their heart is beating. My God. But I mean the Zoe life, the joyful life, the full life, the God, my God. Woo! And when I start thinking about, y'all, y'all, if it's carnal, if y'all perceive it as carnal, y'all forgive me. But I can start dreaming and thinking of dancing with my wife again. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Stop your dying. There's plenty of time later for dying, but it ain't now. Look at somebody and say, keep living. Stir up the faith, hallelujah, that's in you and begin to live. Begin to trust God. Walk by faith and not by sight. Somebody bring me a tissue before they think I'm crying. Hallelujah. I love God. I love God. I feel like worshiping him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I got a glimpse of my Shelby. I see it up yonder. I'm not there, but I'm on my way. And so I decided that I'm going to enjoy the journey. Because I have it in my sights. I see a better place. It's about the place, the place, the place. God is bringing you to a place that is better than where you are. I wish somebody knew how to worship the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. You may not like the place that you are because you've had to sacrifice something. Or you are sacrificing something, but it gets better than this. Because after the sacrifice comes the blessing. Hallelujah. The Bible says give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down, shaken together. Shall men give unto your bosom. What God has for you cannot be measured simply in dollars and cents. 
but there's a joy that exceeds what you've ever had before. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I wish I had some believers stop dying and begin to live as you walk in courageous faith knowing that this is the will of God for you. Ministry team, please come quickly. Let the Lord lead you. We're going to worship the Lord right now. If we have to go off the air, we'll go off the air, but we're going to worship the Lord. I feel God in this place. I feel the joy of the Lord, for it is my strength. You better worship him even for where you are. You might not be at that place, but you're in this place, and the Spirit of the Lord is present now to heal to deliver, to make you whole. Hallelujah. The fullness of the Lord is available for you. I feel God. I feel God. I feel to tell somebody that it's getting better right now. You young married couples, it's getting better right now. That one that wants to give up, I come to tell you, it's getting better right now, but you've got to live and walk in a courageous faith, in a courageous faith.